small businesses generally are not prepared and they don't think it will happen to them. And so when there is a, a minor slip up, uh, something on something that's said or something that shows up on Facebook or you know on Twitter, uh, the tsunami of badness <laughs> that can uh, come after that is always a shock and they're left sort of flat-footed and don't know what to do. Picture a world where costs are down, profits are up, and customers are clamoring at your door. You're listening to Let's Get Up to Business from Jordan Law. Our interviews with business owners, service providers, and area experts can teach you how to create a world of success and profitability. If you're looking for an attorney to assist in your business formation, employment agreements, or other legal business needs, contact Jordan Law at 407-906-5529. You can also reach us on the web at jordanlawfl.com. Jordan Law, we protect you and your business. Hello and welcome to Let's Get Up to Business with Jordan Law. Joining me today is Sarah Brady of Sarah Brady Public Relations, and she specializes in crisis management. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I am just, I'm so excited to delve into this because <laughs> my crisis is probably different than your crisis. Maybe. I work, I work a lot with lawyers, so sometimes we're on the same track. Well, the lawyer having the crisis or the lawyer's client having the crisis? I've had lawyers with their own crises, oh. but I've, had, I've done both. All right. Well, there we go. So I guess let's start, you know, tell me more about yourself and Sarah Brady Public Relations. Well, I am a, a former newspaper reporter and worked in the newspaper business for a, a number of years and transitioned into magazine work. So I worked in print journalism for a while and then transitioned to a, a public relations by starting out at, um, in the defense industry. And that's where I learned what it looks like on the other side when a reporter is calling an organization to work on a story that in, in you know nine times out of ten it's not a positive story when you say and defense you're talking about like department of defense um, well i work for a defense contractor gotcha okay and um and i started out in the pr department and it was a fantastic job because they it's where i got to see what public relations is and, and to appreciate it instead of mocking it like i did when i worked in the newspaper gotcha. um, and uh and i i learned about uh you know how to how to have a press conference how to interact with news media and uh how to uh do speech writing and all of those kinds of things so it was a great uh learning place for me all right so if we have somebody listening to this podcast who knows that right now they're going through a crisis and they need some help managing it what's the best way for them to get in touch with you um, oh, gosh. Uh, you can call me at 407-408-4000 or go to my website at sarahbradypr.com. All right. And that's Sarah with no H. No H. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. There's a uh, there's a podcast I listen to that's the Stacey Brown Randall. And every time she's like, Stacey with an E. And it just, it sticks with me. So mm -hmm. we'll make sure we, uh, we get that correctly for you. Mm -hmm. So in a nutshell, I mean, I guess, what is public relations? Um, public relations is sort of what it says. It's um, having relationships with different publics, and that could be your customers. It could be, uh, you know, influencers in town. It could be organizations that you want to partner with. Your, um, it could be other businesses, uh, vendors, um, uh, effort, uh, you know, uh, political campaigns, um, projects you want to work on, fundraising. So it's all of those relationships that are out there in the public. 
and it's the actual relationship. It's how it's viewed. It's how you're seen. Mm-hmm. It's all those things. Mm-hmm. It's kind. Of, yeah, it's all of that. It's okay. a. It's sort of a big umbrella, and there are a lot of. Uh, kind of elements to it. Uh, community relations I, is very much um, a public relations activity, I think. Um, and, and, you know, you can kind of argue. I, with a lot of friends, will debate the difference between public relations and marketing. And so they're, they're all sort of falling under the communications umbrella. Well, I always get the impression that, like, marketing is easier to control yourself and public relations is more having to craft the right story so that other people take it in the right way. That's, that's, that's a good way to characterize it. All right, so then crisis management. I'm just, I'm, I'm really stoked about this one. <laughs> so tell me more about crisis management. Well, crisis management is when things go wrong and you're um, either in the spotlight or your organization ha- is at risk uh, and, you know, the, that you are at risk of your business being damaged in some way, either short-term or long-term, um, or your own reputation is going to be damaged, um, short-term, long-term. Uh, and it's how you uh, get through it and try to protect and inoculate yourself from all of the bad things out there. It's interesting. I, I wrote an article for our local um, bar journal recently, and I talked about how, you know, as a lawyer without a product, all you have is your name and your reputation, and you're talking about an entire career to build it in just, you know, one second to right. have it go away. Right, and that, and that happens. So are you dealing with mostly people that intentionally are in a crisis or unintentionally or is it a good mix of both (laughs) i wow i don't think i've ever had anybody that was intentionally in a crisis okay um i have a a unique um sort of uh, um i guess you'd call it market or clientele Uh, most of my clients are um, individuals or small businesses or smaller organizations that didn't expect something to go wrong or, you know, are the victims of something totally, you know, unrelated to what they do and are just uh, trying to primarily um, navigate the um, media landscape because when these things happen, the way of the world now with this digital world we live in, news media gets, you can get a phone number in a matter of 30 seconds and they're calling crime victims, victims of accidents, and all kinds of things. They're calling them literally just within minutes of an incident happening. So it's it's helping them uh, who have no experience and no understanding of news media and how that works and helping them uh, giving serving as a barrier, as a protector, uh, and then when there comes a time that they want to talk to media, making that happen for them so that they're comfortable and that they're safe, that they're going, that they have an idea of what they're going to be asked and, you know, what an interview is going to be like. So I have a lot of those. And then I have um, larger uh, organizations, corporations that have issues that they sort of know or anticipate something's going to go wrong because they're going to do something. It doesn't mean what they're planning to do is bad, but there's just um, that aspect to it. They know that it could be misconstrued or misrepresented. And I guess when I said intentionally in crisis, I was not the right phrasing, but how much of it is like this business intentionally ran this campaign that just happened to have unintendedly offend this group of people versus they have an employee who let you know a curse word slip while on camera or something along those lines is it a good mix of those or is Um, it more one than the other i don't have a lot of uh those that are doing a a campaign or some kind of project that has a sudden you know negative side to it don't have a lot of those okay Um, so but i but you know i have things like um, maybe a ceo uh getting a dui okay or um i mean those are the those are 
those are pretty serious. Well, I mean, you're speaking my language. For me, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's a normal day in the. Well, I guess not getting the DUI, a normal day mm-hmm. in the office, but representing somebody who does normal day in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so most of yours are going to be a situation where somebody committed a crime or made a mistake or didn't. It, it wasn't something that was a conscious decision. It was an unconscious. Correct. You know, racist undertones, committing a crime in the wrong moment. You know, something along those lines. Correct. Okay. Correct. So kind of walk me through, you know, what are the most common situations you see or at least what's the most common point that you get brought in for to start helping? I think the most common uh, issue is smaller organizations don't think or foresee or believe that anything bad can happen to them. That, you know, I've done everything right. Who would question me? And, And I'm fine. And then when something goes wrong or something or somebody attacks them unexpectedly and it blows up they are flat-footed and do not know what to do and then can't get out of it Uh, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and that's where the damage comes in Um, sometimes you know a lot of times it's not the actual incident itself um, or a misdeed or a mistake it's how you handle it um, uh, we were just talking the other day about Lara Spencer on Good Morning America, who is somebody that is accustomed to being on camera. She's a journalist, and she made this joke about male, you know, about ballet, and then kind of mocked boy ballet dancers, and it turned into a whole, um, you know, big old Magilla with the gotcha. ballet world you know kind of um, responding back to her so on Monday she ended up doing an apology and the cast from Cher and I think uh, other ballet dancers from around New York City came and did a class in front of the GMA building on Broadway okay (laughs) so it was an unintentional it was an offhanded remark it was it was a little mean-spirited maybe a little homophobic uh, but it just really just took off I'm sure when she said it she it never occurred to her that so that's somebody that's accustomed to speaking publicly on a daily basis and, and made, made a mistake. still mm-hmm. puts her foot in her mouth. Mm-hmm. So I mean, look, I got to be honest. I probably do stuff like that, you know, multiple times per week, just because I, I sort of have no filter and I have thick skin, so I appreciate it, you know, coming back. Right. What uh, I guess I mean, you don't really know where that line is, right? I mean, you're getting brought in when it has already blown up. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that have taken place between whatever the incident is to when you're brought in? I mean, it's it's always going to be media coverage. It's going to be an, a group dropping this company from something. I mean, what normally happens in between? It's it's some or all of it. And, okay. and um, I come in at all different times. Uh, some times are easier than others. Uh, I worked on the um, uh, shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, but I wasn't brought in for weeks after that um, and they were they really struggled with how they interacted with news media and when you uh, say they you're talking about the school board okay the the school district gotcha Um, and so it's sort of it it is always better to bring me in earlier right and it is and just like when you have an attorney it's always best to tell me everything so that if I'm representing you publicly and talking to either news media or we're putting information out on social media which is a whole different platform uh it's it's better to have for me to have all the facts and the truth so that i can you know manage that information so that it doesn't get worse but it's it's i come in at all different times and so depending on when i'm brought in uh the tactics and the strategy 
it will change. So uh, it's 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 all about timing. So walk me through, I guess, the most common you know beginning strategies or, or first steps, depending upon where you're brought in, so that our our listeners have an idea of when things have potentially gone too far. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I will tell you the first thing that I, I always say to everybody is, you know, don't answer your phone uh, because media is calling and uh, and the phones just start going like crazy and. Uh, you know, when people are in the throes of it, they believe that they're in the right. So they believe that if they just tell a reporter, you know, what happened, it'll be okay. I'm telling you what happened, and the reporter's going to say, oh, you poor thing, and, and write that. And that's not how it works. Right. So the uh, first thing I do is I say, you know, don't answer your phones. Don't, especially if it's a number that you don't know, let it all go to voicemail, because then you can hear who's calling you. Um, and then immediately, on somewhere on a website, or, you know, all of whatever channels you use, put me as your point of contact so I will field those calls. Uh, and, and that way I can sort of manage and I'll know, I'll, I'll have an idea of how uh, aggressive media is um, and whether others from other walks of life are calling because that happens depending on what the issue is. Um, because of the, the open channels around the world, uh, something that can happen in Orlando is of interest in Great Britain. And you'll see the Daily Mail follows a lot of things out of Florida. Uh, but, but so we'll get... Like our Florida man stories that we post mm-hmm. or like actual things in Florida? A- actual, no, actual stories. Oh, they okay. follow a lot of things here. And, uh, but, you know, the, so, but then there are also people that are just individuals, human beings, who may be conspiracy uh, theorists or have other interest in whatever field, you know, my client might be working in that you'll start seeing them on social media or calling sometimes. So it's best to just not answer your phone so that you can be uh, protected and have that layer between whoever's trying to get information. So that's the first thing. Um, and what's, before you go on, what's the normal timeline for that not answering the phone? I mean, is that going to depend on the story? Are we talking, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. But we're, I mean, we're talking could be weeks, could be months, could be. Well, I mean, it, well, it depends. It depends, on, it depends on who you are. It depends on how bad that story depends on if it's dragging out. There are some stories that go on for a couple of years. So it, it really just does depend. Um, so yeah, it, it, it really could go on for a couple of years. Okay, all right, so then, so that was one of the most common early stages, you know, mm-hmm. answer the phone, or mm-hmm. have you vet the calls, have them forwarded? Are those most common early situations, or I guess situations where you're gonna help at the beginning? I, you know, I sit down with the, with the people involved and and we have a a you know real heart to heart talk about the circumstances what happened uh, and I ask a bunch of questions. I'm a former journalist. I, I'm going to ask the same questions that media is going to ask. Uh, and then uh, I ask how comfortable they are to talk to media, how, um, how comfortable they are to maybe, um, you know, uh, help with a strategy. Are you comfortable with us saying these, you know, and, and begin working and creating a strategy to, to address it in the immediate? That'd be the, f- the first phase. And then, uh, you know, the next phase. And if there's another phase and, and plot all of that out. But in those first hours, uh, it's it's just hitting the ground running. So in that situation, I mean, worst case scenario is going to be they've already said too much, or worst case scenario is going to be there is nothing to to defend. You're just apologizing. I mean, what's what's the worst thing for you? Worst case scenario is that they have already spoken to media and said too much. Okay, um, because it's usually not thoughtful. It's emotional. Uh, and you know, news media isn't going to want to come back 
and do any kind of major follow-up and, and correct it. They got their story, they're on to the next story. So those first hours are really critical. Really critical to make sure their side gets out there, to make sure it doesn't get worse, both of those things? It's to make sure that they don't do any damage, that there's no, okay. that there's no damage being done. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for me to step in and say, listen, they've brought me on. Um, we don't have any information for you right now. Uh, we, may, we may be able to talk to you, you know, tomorrow or, you know, in the next couple of hours or we'll send you a statement. So, I, and, I, and I think, you know, I always, um, I, I, um, I, I've been, <laughs> I make fun of news media sometimes, but I really love news media. I love, it's where, it's where I come from. They have a really important job to do. And certainly in this climate where um, news media is being um, sort of treated really badly, uh, I think we all have to value the role they play in our society because it's so important. But that doesn't mean that when they come to the door or when they call that you should be talking to them because it's not necessarily in your best interests. So my job is to, you know, let's just, let's just wait uh, and let's be thinking about what we want to say. We may want to tell everything. We may want to say nothing. So it, you have to have the time to understand what happened to, to know what you can or can't do next. See, it's funny you talk about this, and I always kind of go back to the NFL. You know, no offense <laughs> to the NFL, but I think they're the absolute worst when it comes to public relations because mm -hmm. so it's like, oh, yes, you know, I understand that our player's been accused of, you know, beating his girlfriend for the last six months. We're doing an internal investigation. He's not currently suspended. Please give us time to let the legal system play out. And then two days after that, TMZ runs the video of him, like, on top of her, you know, beating the heck out of her in the elevator and whatnot, where the NFL's like, oh, well, we never saw that. Right. So, you know, I guess it really has to come back to that case-by-case -case basis, but how do you – how much are you pushing the client to getting something out there – versus nothing out there versus well the, it again n no case is the same okay no situation is the same but but i will tell you this and i i talk about her a lot because she's a really good example of how things are done right and and well um when uh, i represented uh, barbara poma with pulse nightclub and so just hours after the shooting uh, she had been out of the country, so she came back. I was so I was brought in. I was in her home with her and her family, and so that first night, um, you know, was chaotic. And I I'm setting up camp, telling them what we're going to do, what we need to do, talking to her, getting to know her, and all, all her lawyers, her family, all of those things. And media is calling her, and I taking those calls, and managing that. The next day, um, she uh, I got to her house early in the morning, and we're talking and she said to me um, I need I need to speak I the, I want the public to see my face right and I said what do you mean and she said I want the gay community to see my face I want them to know that this club is not going to I'm not gonna let this club die and uh, I said okay so um, we tried to take her downtown to the um, media site that the city had set up and that couldn't be done it was it was just too complicated but right. that's where all the media was and um, and so um, I called a friend of mine, and um, we did an interview, a network interview, and, uh, and it was fantastic. She is a highly functioning individual. So in the worst case scenario, because that was really one of the worst days of her life, um, she was able to write her remarks. I looked at them and tweaked them a little bit. Her lawyer looked at them, and she um, uh, did an interview, and 
it was fantastic and she was clear and focused uh, it was hard for her but in that case it was so important for her that the gay community see her because she had, that was her community and uh, and I thought that was a really good idea normally in that time frame um, the people in those circumstances aren't really able to think clearly and be articulate right. and convey what they want to say and she was amazing She's still amazing. Well, and so, yeah, I mean, and for our listeners, I mean, Pulse is less than half a mile from our office. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> something that has hit close to home for all, for everybody in Orlando knows somebody or knows somebody who knows somebody. And just it's a it's a terrible thing. But from your perspective, I mean, that's got to be like, here's this lady who did nothing wrong, who had security from the police that wasn't able to stop it. That certainly wasn't, you know, stoking any fires. That's running a club that's, you know, capable gays and homosexuals here in Orlando. I mean, here's somebody who is not the... Nobody's going to tell you she's the problem in this story. Does that make your job easier, or is it still hard to make sure that it doesn't become something where the finger gets pointed at her or she takes the blame or whatever? Well, you're a lawyer. <laughs> you know where that's going to go. You know where that was going to go. I think from, you know, I, I think at the very beginning, certainly the expectation was there was going to be litigation down the road, that that was, that was, the, that was a step in her future. Uh, and that has happened. Uh, so, you know, I think um, that was not, uh, you know, a, a major issue. We just just knew, knew it would be coming right um no i think that's the I, that's the whole um for me somebody in my role i have to be hypersensitive to the needs and the desires of uh, somebody in trouble and what they want to do um, versus what they should do in her case she's so unique because she is so highly functioning that i was pretty certain that she would be fine i also n- knew the news crew it was nbc that came in and did it was matt lauer okay and gotcha. um who who's you know has always been really great to me with these kinds of things and he treated her you know really well and respectfully and she she was able to say what she wanted to say and nbc um ran her remarks her that she had written they ran those on their website so she got kind of a double whammy. She got the interview, and which they ran, I think, in the Today Show, and then on Nightly News, and then um, and they ran her full remarks on the website. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, that's I. I but I, I guess you did that, and you had the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. So it just seems like anything in Florida. I mean, the the most important stuff they're calling you. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I've worked. I worked the uh, Christina Grimmie shooting two days. You know, that same weekend. Um, over at the Plaza Theater, um, I also represent the family um, whose child was killed at Disney, um, and that was in the, the same alligator? week. Mm-hmm. And that okay. was in, that was in the same week. So, <sighs> but that's why I say, you know, there's a family that they're just ordinary people, right. and all of a sudden, you know, they're they're in the news media. Um, same thing with the Christina Grimmie and and the theater. They're just a little venue in town. And all of a sudden, they're on international news because news media from around the world was here, especially after the Pulse shooting. So um, it's just an extraordinary experience for people that are just living their lives, and then something terrible happens, and it, it, it becomes a world event. So what are some of the other, I guess, mistakes that you see people making when it comes to these things? Is that a fair word to use, or...? Yeah, yeah, I think, um, well, maybe not, maybe not mistake, but, you know, probably just the better ways to do things, I think. Yeah, so... I, I think I, I struggle with 
this desire that seems to be so prevalent of everybody wanting to be in front of a TV camera. I don't know why that is. I mean, you see people go on TV <laughs> without a shirt on. They're so desperate to be on TV, they're not even going to put a shirt on. Um, but I don't understand that drive. So, uh, but there is a belief, you know, when somebody's in trouble, they think if they just have the opportunity to tell their side, everybody's going to believe them and say, oh, yeah. And it, it's just, it just doesn't work that way. So for me, I am, I have a podcast called Stop Talking. And, um, and you know, I think, I, I want people to stop talking temporarily so that they can be thoughtful about a decision to go forward and do an interview uh, and, and tell your story that way. Hey, swap interview for the police, and I 100% <laughs> agree with you, and I've said that so many times. But, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's everybody wants those 15 minutes of fame. You yeah. know, like I love – I guess I shouldn't say I love, but it's always – it's funny to me. You know, you get somebody who gets arrested. They were had this giant meth lab. They killed 27 people, whatever, <laughs> and then they interview the neighbor, and the neighbor's like, well, they were always so quiet. Like, thanks for coming out. You know, I just – we would grill on, on 4th of July, and they never launched fireworks and whatever. And I'm like, who cares? But that's – you know, it's, uh, it's it's a story in that And the neighbor has and, her hair in curlers or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they just got out of the pool. Right. They, uh, they're wearing a towel. Yeah. Well, it's, and this is kind of what happens. Um, do you remember the – young lady that was swimming in the Wakiva River, this is about four years ago, and she was, she too was attacked by an alligator, and it, it almost killed her, she survived, uh, but it took her arm off. And so they airlifted her, took her to the hospital, wow. she's at Orlando Health, and um, she, I think it was, she just had surgery, so I think this might have been the second day she was in the hospital, she just had surgery. And she and she's talking. She's awake, and she apparently had her cell phone by the bed. She, I, I represented her too. So, um, she's in the hospital, and a, a reporter calls her and says, "Can I come and talk to you?" And she said, "No, I, I, I just was attacked by an yeah. alligator. I just came out of surgery." And he said, "I know. That's I. We want to kind of hear your story. It's, it's an amazing story." And she said, "I haven't even had a shower yet." And he said, "Well, can I come this afternoon?" <laughs> And she said, no. So we were able to give her some breathing room. She got to come home and, and help, and, you know, helped her along the way. And, uh, and then we finally, uh, she did an interview with Beth Kassab from the, uh, Beth Kassab from the Orlando Sentinel, who, who uh, treated her just beautifully. Um, gave her and, a lot more time to overcome yeah. getting her arm bit off by yeah. an alligator. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually having dinner with her on Saturday. Um, the... The Beth woman, the victim, oh, your Rachel. Okay, yeah. cool. mm-hmm. So, uh, so I mean, so she did not want to be in uh, in media. After just days after that attack, some of these um, magazine programs. There was one in particular that called her and offered to um, pay her to buy her a prosthetic device uh, and, and pay her medical expenses for that if she would give them her story so she wouldn't be able to talk to anybody for a couple of months and they wanted okay. to do an interview uh they she wanted a particular arm then there was a there was a whole big deal about would they give her what she really wanted and needed and it, you know got to be such a mess but the commercialization of here's just this woman she's a professor at rollins and this horrible thing happens to her and now she's a, a media you know uh, interest and and everybody's pursuing her and she doesn't know what to do with that you know I've negotiated over a lot of interesting things for clients but never over which prosthetic arm mm-hmm. well hopefully I mean she's 
doing better now? She's, she's amazing. She doesn't she doesn't have anything. She doesn't use any kind of prosthetic. Okay. Uh, she, yeah, she's incredible. She's, she uh, takes yoga class. I mean, she literally just has like a little bit of her shoulder. Uh, she's extraordinary. And she I met her, I think, three days after it happened, and I found her to be incredible then. Right. She's just an amazing, amazing person. So what are some of the other, you know, best practices that you try to institute for people when you're coming in at the, you know, towards the beginning of these things? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's tempting for people. Uh, you know, I don't know why, but it is. Um, but don't lie. It is okay to say, I don't want to talk to you. I can't give you any information. That is much better than spinning, um, distorting, you know, messing with your story in any way other than what is true. Um, so, and I would, so, I mean, that's, that's a big one. Um, but also to, if you're, if you're a small business and you have an issue, you really should call somebody to help you. You can't do it on your own. The hardest thing I think is when you're in the middle of something awful and terrible, it feels, it physically feels bad. I mean, emotionally it feels terrible and it physically feels terrible. So you, you're not in your right mind to make sound decisions that are in your best interests. So it's really better to get somebody who is an expert. It, it, if it's a lawyer, yes. If it's a PR person that understands these kind, because not all PR people do what I do. Right. And they'll say they do. Um, but I do the real meat and potatoes, the real heavy hitting stuff, and it is I, much different. Than trust me, if anybody's listening to this podcast and doesn't agree with me on that point, I don't know what else they <laughs> want to see. Like literally everything bad in Florida, you are the go to. Unless, unless like the hurricanes can't hire you, we have one of those coming in. I right do now, some hurricane work. <laughs> not on behalf of the hurricane, though. No, no, but but you know what? That's actually how I uh, started with my. I used to work for Bright House, and I was hired to help the uh, Bright House when uh, after Hurricane Charlie because. They were accused of not being ready for the hurricane, and the reason was is the perception was after the hurricane, nobody could get their cable back on. Well, you can't have cable if you don't have electricity, right. and so the utilities weren't on, and the cable company comes in after that. So um, we uh. had to we had to we had to sort of explain that to people, uh, and so they 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 uh, hired me to help change that perception. So that was after that was a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so interesting how so much of what you're talking about is very similar to a lot of what we do from mm-hmm. the legal standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I work in the court of public opinion, and you're in the court of law. Uh, and they're both messy. Right. Depending upon the day, we'll decide which court makes better decisions. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, again, I came into this being fascinated, and I'm sitting here 40-something minutes later still fascinated. What are some of the other things that, you know, don't lie, prep the story? I mean, what's... I guess the one that we always struggle with or our clients struggle with is how do you decide to put your story out there or just let it die? You know, you have somebody who's in our case usually accused of a crime mm-hmm. that they didn't do or there is a really good other side to it. You know, how do you help somebody make that decision on putting something out there or just letting it go? Everything comes back to strategy. And so and strategy is what is it that you want? What what is your objective? What is your goal? What's your long-term goal? Um, and sometimes the need is to change the public dialogue about what has happened. So if you're a company uh, and you want people to know that you are doing things right and that you fixed whatever went wrong, that's a that's a reason to tell your story. Uh, and the, the idea is that you find the right 
outlet to do that, and it may not be a news media outlet. Uh, much of the time, uh, what you'll see are uh, companies using their own pl- their own platforms, their own channels to to you know tell their own stories that way and drive their audiences to that instead of relying on a third party that's that's going to filter what you say. But um, but news media can be really really helpful in some of the circumstances. You know, Beth. Um, Kasip talking to um, Rachel was really nice. People got to understand and see who she was because she's so amazing um, and she survived this attack. Right. So, um, but it just sort of depends on what your needs are. And, you know, and again, it, that may not be, um, that may not be a media event. It may be, it may be a public speaking engagement. It could be a newsletter. It, you know, so that's what you have to look at is what can go wrong? How can you be hurt? if you go that route. So if you talk to, you know, if a reporter calls you and you're in a reactive state, you still want to consider it. So who is the reporter? Who do they work for? What, what would be their interest? Uh, what else have they covered? And how is this going to impact you? Is this going to help you in any way? And sometimes um, there's, the risk is so, if, if it's 50-50, I don't think it's necessarily a good idea, um, but sometimes a client wants to. So then my job is to negotiate. Uh, they'll talk about this, this, this. Are you good with that? Can I go off the record and share and tell you why? Because you need that. You need somebody like me to help um, manage that aspect of that relationship with that journalist, so that you know journalists can be really helpful um, and understanding because they want a story. And they generally, an experienced uh, journalist knows that there are some things that we can't talk about, and, and maybe they'll negotiate the way. So there are all these little pieces involved in it. Um, so you really just have to go back and look at what is it you want, what do you need, and how do you get there? So then what about, I mean, I guess it's probably going to be the same answer, but what about at the end of it? Like, you're, how do you know that it's over? Uh, well, this uh, world that we live in has a really short attention span, number one. Um, and in, but, but the unfortunate side is uh, with social media, things come up. You can always go back and find somebody. So things really, the actual event might be over. The fallout, it's sort of always going to be there. And that's okay. what you have to sort of um, take into account. Uh, you know, I think um, there's a, a, a case that's happening um, I won't say who it is, but it's some it's a well-known person and there's an accusation that was made or um, of an event that took place 50 years ago. 50? Five zero. Whoa. Yeah. And and it has gotten legs. So you know, we we have like a 24-hour lifestyle. We have a 24-hour news cycle and I think we just have a perpetual um, negative cloud around so I these things don't necessarily go away in that instance though I'm assuming like this that story had not come to light until recently it just had happened 50 years ago it it it, it happened 50 years ago allegedly right um, and and yes yeah, somebody somebody brought it forward okay recently but from the standpoint of you know terrible thing happens there's all this media coverage it goes on for you know X period of time like how does how does that person know that the story's over that it's that it's run the full cycle? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, is there any way to know? Well, sometimes, yeah. I mean, you can see it. I mean, if nobody's calling you anymore, uh, nothing's being reported. If you check social media and you know something, it's not it's not 
trending as uh, in, as actively as it had maybe two days before. You know, these social media attacks, they're, they have an interesting cycle of their own because, again, those are people that are not involved in anything and people jump on the bandwagon and it's, you know, gang mentality. And you'll see these things go for about, you know, 36 hours, 48 hours, and then they sort of go away. The trouble is it's still out there, so you can always find it. So if you're applying for a job and you've posted something awful on Facebook or you've tweeted something, it's so easy to find. So you could be a, a, you get a new job as a a manager and you work your way up to CEO in a company um, and your board is looking at something and, and, you know, 15 years before somebody said this about you on Twitter, that stuff's always out there. So so I'm not saying you know, things are over because nobody's in the immediate, but you have to be aware that it can always come back. Well, going back to the NFL, you know, it seems like every year you've got one or two, you know, 21, 22-year-old quarterbacks that at 16 or 17 posted a racial slur, an ethnic slur, a homophobic mm-hmm. slur on their, you know, Twitter after a big game or something. Um, all right, so I guess, so when you're helping somebody... I mean, you're helping them for as long as they need, through as, as much of the process as they need. Right. And so that would be, you know, the initial the initial situation, the initial fallout, as well as helping them make, you know, the follow-up. Right. Sometimes it's, it's how do we turn it around. So we address the immediate um, activity and, uh, you know, get past that. And, and sometimes that's my time. I'm done. You're welcome. See you later. And then I uh, sometimes I stay on and help them with whatever they're doing next or helping them turn it around and helping them find a new path. So it just depends, you know, I haven't had any two that are identical. (laughs) I can imagine. I mean, especially when you're dealing with such high-profile type stuff. Mm -hmm. So I know obviously, you know, the pole situation, thank God, is going to be a very out-of-the-ordinary situation. But from your experience, either you personally or just kind of in the crisis management thing, what's an example of, I don't want to call it a success story, but like, what's a famous example where there was a crisis that the company did a really good job overcoming, working in their favor, turning it to work for them? Or, or are there any? Or is it all just mitigating, you know, making the harm as little as no, possible? No, there are some that have done a really good job. Nothing comes top of mind now, let me think, because I deal with so much that's wrong. We'll have Mark uh, edit out the downtime. Take whatever you need to. Okay. Yeah, I can't think. I, I just talked about, the, uh, you know, I work a lot with law enforcement. Uh, I, I work a lot with smaller police departments. I just did uh, a training for a, a group of new police chiefs to talk to them about this issue, about you know because because police departments are so vulnerable um, uh, in this day and age. And um, we just talked about this on my podcast with um, the Dayton Police Department after the shooting there, because police departments generally don't want to give any information because they they know that there's going to be court work afterward and they don't want to compromise a case and so they're very very closed about what they have Um, in the Dayton uh, shooting their police chief came out less than I think it was less than 12 hours after the shooting and walked the public and the media through virtually everything they know about that event they showed the path they showed where he parked his car they showed where he went they um they showed video of the officers going in and neutralizing the shooter um they gave a a, a, an obscene amount of information it was very impressive and i think that that openness um, that that department demonstrated shows uh, great confidence in the police department's work, right. um, but also gave the community great confidence in the police department um, and showed transparency, which is a overused word, but um, but but helped news media get what they want to know because the public's 
interest is so great. Uh, so they did it. They did a really, really great press conference. It was very well organized, very well structured, um, and the way that they showed everything. And then when the chief was asked questions, you can see he's really experienced. That he, he understands communications, and he would say, "I don't understand the question," or "Can't answer that." He was very clear and confident. Everything about that was so perfect. And but then there's the flip side because I'm such a non-fan of social media because I think it brings out the worst in so many. Um, it, on the live, they live stream that press conference. You can watch it on YouTube. On the um, right side, you know how live on live streaming you can see you can put hearts and right. bubbles and comments. There is so much. Um, there's so many derogatory comments. Uh, posting as he's standing there giving out this information and and for me I've worked five of these shootings the, the reality is if you're living in Florida and you see a shooting in Dayton Ohio you there's a big disconnect um, but the reality is human life was taken lots and lots of human life right and the ripple effects for the loved ones that are still there the survivors uh, the family members and friends workplace it is such a, a swath of sorrow and so to see that happening on, alongside this chief who is dealing with everything, including his own officers who saw the worst of the worst, um, it's remarkable that there is this uh, um, element in our society. And, and they're, you're talking about from the standpoint of like victim shaming, like they're... Oh, everything. Okay. Um, just, just all kinds of just nasty... This, um, this is proof that God hates, you know, yes, whatever yeah. AI... It's got, yeah, yeah, it's awful, awful, awful things. And calling the police chief names, um, you know, gotcha. it, just everything. You, it, it, the worst you can imagine, it is being posted right there. there. Well, and it's those idiots looking for their, you know, five minutes of fame mm-hmm. commenting on something mm-hmm. like this. Well, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess the thing is, you know, the more we get into this, the more this is going to happen. Just because there's, you know, everybody has a camera phone. Everybody right. has social media. Everybody can post. You know, it was actually had an article or a news story that came out a while before that was like, if you see an emergency, please call 911. Please don't post about it on Facebook or Twitter. Right. Because the police are not following your Facebook and Twitter to make sure that, you know, this robbery that you're live streaming right. from you, the benefit of your, you know, your house. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Uh, the, everybody does have a phone. Everybody's on camera 24-7. I mean, people are recording what you say. People see... Everybody, I've been a victim of it. It's it's everywhere, and you really do. I think this Lara Spencer thing is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, she made a joke. Um, it wasn't. It was kind of mean spirited, um, but it wasn't intentional. To it wasn't her intent to be hurtful. Uh, but but it's the exact thing that inspires all these people out there um, on Twitter and Facebook to start just bombarding her and saying terrible things about her. And, you know, it, 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 I didn't I actually didn't see that much negative about her uh, in, in what I was watching. Um, and it was kind of interesting, too, because I think because it was ballet, most of the people responding and commenting were ballet dancers. So, okay. so there was a lot of grace in in the commentary. So it wasn't this sort of, you know, Lara Spencer should die. We should strangle her with a pair of ballet slippers. There wasn't any of that. It was you just realize you just don't know how hard it was for me when I was eight and wanting to dance. I, I wish you could understand the hard work that I had to put. Right. So there was a lot of that. My dad it was made really me play interesting. Football when I wanted to, right. Do ballet. Yeah. So this was a very different 
response, at least from what I was looking at. But normally, it's death threats. Uh, I, th I think some of these actors and celebrities might make an offhanded comment. All of a sudden, they're getting death threats. Right. And the, why people go from that to rock bottom uh, is is stunning to me. Well, it's the power of being behind a computer screen mm -hmm. where you don't think that people will know who you are or find mm -hmm. you. So I, I guess, I mean, we you just see this getting... I don't want to say worse and worse, but at least more and more prevalent because there's more access, there's more video, there's more news channels, there's more there's more people to spend more time to make everything into a story. Right, right, and there are there are a lot of um, outlets or people that claim to be you know citizen journalists. Um, those are those are really problematic, and there those those continue to grow and they get set up, and some of them get press credentials, which I don't know how that happens, but it does. So um, yeah, it's just we're 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 just we're just headed down a drain <laughs> so i mean i guess you know we've talked about some of the the things that business owners need to know um and i always go back to like my rule number one is just don't be a jerk you know as much as possible don't be a jerk mm -hmm. what any other you know quick takeaways for businesses to try and you know prevent these things from happening to to things they need to realize to prevent, you know, needing your services down the road or mm -hmm. after something's already come up. I think you have to understand, accept that it can happen to you and and be prepared for it. You know, know what you're going to do if something goes wrong. Have a point person. If you have a receptionist, make sure the receptionist knows what to say if a TV camera uh, comes in the front door. Uh, know what you're supposed to do. Uh, you know, really is being about being but but understand that it can happen to you and and have have somebody like me in your rolodex does anybody have a rolodex anymore um no but i think it's an app now <laughs> oh really i'll have to check oh that'd be a really good app <laughs> uh, but or you know have a lawyer available um i think you always have to have um some level of protection out there because it's just dangerous if from that from that perspective so now that we've scared, you know, myself and, and all of <laughs> You're our not scared. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm not. But now that we've scared rational people and, and our listeners, um, can you give us your contact info again? Sure. Be glad to. Uh, my uh, website is um, sarahbradypr.com and my um, e email is sbrady at sarahbradypr.com and my phone number is 407-408-4000. And that's Sarah without an H. Without an H. <laughs> all right. Um, so before we finish up this podcast, you know, we are a relatively new podcast. I think this episode will be about episode, let's see, 17 or 18. At some point, we're, we'll be on track and I'll get all the numbers correctly. Um, you know, we're on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, everywhere. So if you've listened to us and uh, you've enjoyed the podcast, we'd love an honest review. At the very least, you can score us based upon our fantastic guests. You don't have to punish them for having to deal with me for 40 <laughs> minutes. This was a fun interview. Good. I'm glad. So, all right. So we end all our podcasts the same way. And, um, you know, Mark can edit out whatever dead time you need. So I always ask everybody the same question at the end. If somebody takes nothing else away from this, if they only remember what you're about to say now, what is the piece of advice that you'd like to get in the hands to as many of our listeners as possible? Gosh. I know. We saved the hard-hitting questions for at the end. Yeah. Uh, I would say to, you know, understand that, that – you know, bad things can happen to you and your business. Uh, acknowledge that. Yeah, bad things always happen to good people, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's sad, but it's true. Uh, and you know, be thoughtful about what you put out on uh, all of these social media. 
You know, I did an interesting thing. I left social media. I mean, I have to watch it for business, but I left it. And um, I'm not. On, I'm only on Instagram and LinkedIn, but um, but really Instagram, and mainly because I have a little dog and I like to put her pictures up there. But there you go. Um, <laughs> put a little joy in the world. You know, babies and dogs. Everybody. Little Margaret. Um, but the I've probably gained back about five hours in my week because uh, I used to never be able to leave my office early on a Friday. Now I can, um, and I am so uncluttered, and my temperament is so much more pleasant because I don't see all of that stuff out there anymore. So when the client has an issue, um, you know, I have, I have to look at that, but, but I don't, I'm not out there anymore. And it's uh, really refreshing. So I, I would suggest, you know, take a month off and see what happens to your life by not being on social media. I'm going to add one thing. Like the Jordan Law Facebook page and then go yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> when, you can go once a month and look at it. <laughs> there we go. No, I, you know, I agree with you because it's... Sorry, I mean, Mark. <laughs> no. I just, I, I unfollow people that don't post funny things, positive things. Like, I don't have FOMO, thank God. So, mm-hmm. you want to post about a million vacations? I'm so happy for you. I'm glad that you live in a position where you can take those vacations. I want to see all these gorgeous places for me to go. Um, but, yeah, anytime you get just those negative people, and most of the time it's, like, on the different community pages. Like, oh, for ours, it'll always be like, oh, uh, saw a young kid with a backpack walking around suspiciously. Like, it's 2.30 in the afternoon, they're coming home from school. Like, I don't know what you mean, but <laughs> no, I uh, I hear you. So, all right, there we go. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. You've been listening to Let's Get Up to Business from Jordan Law. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast and would consider sharing the show. We would also love an honest five-star review through iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcatcher you use. If you are interested in being a guest of the podcast, please contact producer Mark through email at mark at jordanlawfl.com. Use the subject line podcast guest in your email. Thank you. We look forward to speaking to you again soon.